Well, good morning. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, uh, Rod. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, honor, and special privilege to be here this morning bringing God's word to God's people. Did you hear? He's risen. He's risen indeed. Yay, all right. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about how following Jesus will keep us right side up in an otherwise upside-down world. Now, you're going to hear that terminology quite a bit, upside-down, inside-out, right-side-up today, but it's, it's good information. Someone once said that an intellect makes simple things complex, and an artist makes complex things simple. If that's true, Jesus was and is the ultimate artist because he makes what may appear to be a complex route to, uh, to salvation simple. All you got to do is ask Jesus into your heart and follow him. Now, it could be a short sermon. We could all leave right there. But, <laughs> but let's, let's stick around for a little bit more, okay? Um, this weekend, as you know, Christ followers have the opportunity to show the world the beauty and power of what God has done in the person of Jesus Christ. Let's not forget that what this church is about and what all churches should be about is pointing people to Jesus the one who gives all of us the ability to start over. Through his mercy and grace, we are given a fresh start in life and have the sure and certain hope of spending eternity with God. Yahoo! That sounds fun. The Easter story is unique. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, all the natural laws of nature are turned on end. Jesus' closest followers couldn't quite comprehend it, and it still doesn't make sense to a lot of people in our world today, like the one that was, Rod was talking about earlier, the lady in the, on the uh, uh, television. It defies our understanding. Now hear how Mark describes the scene. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had all been, already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Now, has anyone ever tried scuba diving? Anyone? Oh, there's one in the back. All right, woohoo! <laughs> I once signed up uh, for an introductory class in scuba diving. I went to the local high school, swimming pool, put on a wetsuit, weights, air tanks, swim fins, and face mask. After a short training session, we were free to swim anywhere in the pool for 40 minutes. I immediately went to the deep end because I knew that I wanted to try an underwater somersault. Have you ever done that? <laughs> All right. You can have a foreshadow what happened here. <laughs> I immediately went to the deep end because I wanted to try an underwater somersault. I started to flip over, 
And when my swim fins hit the surface of the water and my head was pointed straight down to the bottom of the pool, I lost all sense of equilibrium and it was like my body was yelling, Billy, Billy, we don't like being upside down. <laughs> As I tried to flip around right side up, I lost my face mask, the air hose flipped out of my mouth, and all I could see was air bubbles in the water as I floated to the surface. Yep. Didn't like being upside down. Still don't. In fact, did that ever happen with you? In the back? Okay. <laughs> he says no. <laughs> he says, yeah, he's, he's got it going on. In fact, <laughs> you see our bodies aren't made to remain upside down for very long. If we do, our heart has to work harder to pump blood to our arms and legs. And the blood has a possibility of pooling in the brain. So, if we are upside down for too long, we might not survive. And that applies both physically and spiritually. We all have an idea of what it's like to be upside down. Sometimes we turn things upside down on purpose. To get the last drops of... Oh, when my bottle go? bottle <laughs> go? To get the last drops of uh, water out of a bottle, you turn it upside down. When we want to totally clean out a drawer, what might we do? Turn it upside down. There you go. Turn it upside down. And um, uh, let's see. Where was I? <laughs> when we want to totally clean out a drawer, we can turn it upside down. There have been years in a time when the economy took a downturn that a lot of people got upside down with their home values or other assets. To be upside down in this sense means that you owe more than the asset is worth. I would also argue today that our culture, in many ways, is upside down. How many people would agree with that? All right. You all get an A+. <laughs> what was once viewed as wrong is often seen as right. And what's right today was, by a different generation, often viewed as wrong. Today, in many places, it's wrong to talk about God and faith in public. But it's okay to talk about things that are contrary to all the values that have traditionally held society together. One department store a few years ago banned the words like Christ and Christian, but deemed it okay to use the words Allah and Jihad. Things are upside down. They're also upside down in government. We are, as a nation, $21 trillion in debt. Now, does anyone have an idea of how much a trillion is? That's one, number one, followed by 12 zeros. Holy moly. Now, just to better comprehend that, let's think about a billion, okay? Uh, if you counted to a billion and you said one number every second, it would, how long would it take you to get, get to a billion? 32 years. But a trillion, if you wanted to count from one to a trillion, how many years would it take you? 320,000 years. A trillion is 1,000 times a billion. That's a lot. So as I said, our government uh, is $21 trillion in debt. Does anyone really understand the full effect that upside-down number will have on our economy for years to come? Well, we'll find out. Relationally, a lot of marriages and families are upside down too. It seems like so many of the values that have traditionally held families and communities and even nations together are becoming more and more strained or non-existent. 
Here's the problem. When we're upside down, we're not on solid footing. We don't have a firm foundation. We have a perspective that's skewed. The Bible tells us that our world is upside down. The Bible tells us also that our world is upside down because we have a sin condition. We have a desire to do our own thing. So basically, we take the canvas that is our lives, and we grab hold of the brush and paints, and we do what we want to do. We paint our own portrait. We focus on pleasure and passions uh, and possessions. We paint our own self-centered path in life. But if we're not careful, we can ultimately paint ourselves into a corner. That's not a good thing. And what's so upside down about all that is that we think at the time that we're painting a masterpiece. But in reality, without Jesus, we're painting a disaster piece. All of the different things that we fill our lives with, the activities we pile into our schedules, the substances we abuse to deaden the loneliness and the pain, the relationships that aren't healthy for us, all contribute to living upside down. And as almost every Christ follower knows, whenever we try to take control of our lives, it doesn't work out so good. So our world is upside down, and our lives get turned upside down. And we know deep down that something isn't, just isn't right. The super news, perk up for this, the super news is that, the Easter, that this Easter, God wants you to know that he can turn it around. Jesus is the power. Jesus is the force. Jesus is the love, the grace, the mercy so magnificent that it can take our messed up lives and turn them into masterpieces. God's word, let's say hallelujah after that. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. God's word found in the Bible will guide us in our efforts to do what it takes to move from being upside down to right side up. The book of Genesis in the Old Testament tells us that this world, in its original condition, was an absolute masterpiece. The color, the depth, the warmth, beauty, the symmetry, the perspective was something to behold. And it was signed by God himself. But Adam and Eve, the first human beings as we know, made a decision somewhere along the line to, to do their own thing. That's because God gives us the freedom to do what we want to do with the lives he's given us. And Adam and Eve chose to basically take the controls and paint their own painting. Due to the fact that we're made in the image of God, we have a choice. God chose to create us, and he's given us the power of choice. The scriptures tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, we are artwork. We are one of a kind. We are each unique human beings. But... People like us in every generation since the Garden of, Eden, Garden of Eden have ultimately chosen to make a mess of our life, morally, relationally, physically, and spiritually. Although we have unlimited potential, many of us are living lives that are not exactly what they could be, due in part to the fact that we've missed the mark, which is the definition of sin. For centuries, God allowed his people to face the consequences of their mess-ups, and he allowed it to go on until the right time in which he commissioned his son, Jesus, to put on flesh, 
Jesus lived among us and painted the perfect picture. Every stroke was significant. Every color was perfect. Everything he did was a true masterpiece. Jesus lived right side up in an upside down world and people didn't understand him. Critics came from everywhere. Most of his friends and family didn't understand him. Even many of the disciples didn't get who he truly was or what he was about. When Jesus was arrested, when he was beaten and battered, when he was hung on a cross and said, it is finished, and breathed his last breath, everyone said, well, he was a great guy. He called himself the Messiah, but it looks like it was just another man who walked across the stage of history who claimed to be God. The world was upside down. On Good Friday, daytime became night. Unusual things happened around the world, around the planet. The critics cheered. The disciples were frozen in fear. Judas, the one who betrayed him, hung himself because of his guilt and depression. Simon Peter, the one who denied Jesus, went fishing in defeat. But the rest of the followers, specifically Thomas, had some serious doubts. But everything changed. Jesus came alive. He did what he said he was going to do. He turned the world from upside down to right side up. Consider this. Simon Peter moved from defeat to one of the most dynamic disciples in history. Thomas, after seeing the resurrection, moved from a doubter to a true difference maker. The church was established and it showed the world of the first century what it meant to live right right up. The Apostle Paul said in Romans uh, 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 23, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And because of our mess-ups and our distance from the Holy God, listen to this, we need to be converted. We need to be turned from upside down to right side up. And Jesus is the only one who can get us there because of his death, burial, and resurrection. Our lives are, are an abstract painting at best. And conversion means that we're giving Jesus control of our life. But as a good painter, our Lord doesn't grab the brush or manhandle us. If we give him control, he gently and ever so patiently paints our life's picture with us. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Amen to that. Yeah, right, right. The Bible says that God knows the number of hairs on our head. Well, <laughs> he doesn't have to count that much up here. <laughs> but, uh, think about the knowledge, the intricate, specific knowledge God has about your life and mine. Yet, he still loves us more than we can ever comprehend. God sees inside of our soul. He sees who we were and who we are and, more importantly, what we're going to be. God also hears it all, and he knows it all, and he wants us to simply say, here, take the canvas of my life, take the art supplies, I give them to you, make my life into something beautiful, something pleasing to you. Jesus always speaks the truth and love to us. He tells us that we're valuable, that we're lovable, that we're capable, and that we are forgiven. When we commit our lives to him, he tells us that we are set free from whatever may have us in its grip. John verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 14 says, The Word became human 
and made his home among us. Now imagine this, that the God of the universe, the creator of everything, would come to earth and live among us as a human being and experience what we experience. It all seems totally upside down. But in reality, it's right side up. Jesus has been where we are. He totally and completely identifies with us, with every struggle that we face, with every pain that we experience. Isn't it great? If we just give him a brush, God will use everything in our lives to paint a picture like we've never seen before. When conversion takes place, that's when we have the right perspective. That's when we're balanced and have the spiritual equilibrium that God desires. For example, a woman was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus drew in the sand. Her accusers all left. In that moment, he turned her life from upside down to what? Right side up. Zacchaeus, a hated tax collector. I think he was a short guy too. <laughs> uh, he had a double whammy going. Zacchaeus, a hated tax collector, met Jesus, and Jesus turned his life upside down to right side up. His life was changed, and he gave back all the money he had stolen from his clients with interest. <laughs> Talk about a change. Lazarus was a close friend of Jesus who died suddenly. Jesus turned his life from upside down to right side up when he healed him and brought him back to life. And the biggest change of all in my perspective, the Apostle Paul, a one-time critic and hater of Christians, had his life turned from upside down to right side up when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And his life was given new meaning and purpose. You see, we all have a desire to be put right side up. We were created by God to be right side up. We're not made to live upside down. The reason most people are upside down is because they've never allowed Jesus into their life. The good news is that Christ has made conversion possible by his death and resurrection. All we have to do is receive the new life he offers. That involves admitting our sin and our failings and seeking God's forgiveness. Then the conversion takes place. It's simple. Like we said, Jesus is an artist. He makes the complex simple. But even when we give God control of our life, the culture, the culture around us may still not understand. A lot of our friends and family may view it as being upside down since... Instead of looking to God for direction, our culture wants to push the narrative that it's cool for every individual to decide for themselves what's right and what's not right. And this is very important. The resurrection gave us in our world the potential to be put back on its feet. If we got this and truly lived out our conversion, then we could turn we could turn the world right side up. This morning, I'm extending two personal invitations. Invitation number one. Write this, as Terry Hanks would say, write this down in the dust on your dashboard. <laughs> okay? Now, invitation number one is to you if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. The writer of Hebrews asks, so what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation. That's in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. 
If you're on the outside looking in, I invite you to open your life to Jesus Christ. Repent of your sin and accept God into your life. The God who wants to have a relationship with you and give you hope and a purpose. Before you leave this Easter worship service, I invite you to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't postpone this decision. Do it when? Now. Invitation, oh, I should say, uh, do it now to make it simple. All you have to say is, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to follow you. Invitation number two is to you if you are a bit bored with your life or the church and you need a fresh touch of God and a new sense of mission. God, imagine this. God has dreams of what he could do through you if you are willing if God is speaking to you today, respond to him. Accept God's claim on your life to be in mission or in some kind of service to others in the name of Jesus Christ. He has chosen to transform the world through people like you and me, and that's evidenced in one of my favorite scripture verses. It's found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? Well, let's, uh, let's pray. Oh God, whose love was revealed at a cross and whose power was shown on a, at an empty tomb, our hearts swell within us this day at the thought of your presence. We know that we live too often on the wrong side of Easter, worrying about things that are trivial, in the light of the resurrection of Christ. Forgive us for our lack of faith and teach us to live more daringly, more expectantly, and more joyfully. Let the discovery of those Christians that life is more powerful than death take hold of our minds and transform them into vessels of hope and excitement. Show us how our self-interest is unworthy in the light of your eternal kingdom. Grant that we may become agents of change in a world of hunger, poverty, injustice, and ignorance. Make the spirit of resurrection contagious among us that we may honor our risen Lord by actively serving others in his name. Grant that this day the name of Christ shall ring out in every nation and be received by hearts searching for truth. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you.